podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Laura Bradburn and I am joined by Colin Watt. How are you doing, Colin? I, I, I've been doing better, Laura, I'll not lie. Um, but yeah, good to be here on this Wednesday afternoon. I was going to say, the reason you look like that is because you've obviously got COVID. The reason I look like this is just because this is what I look like. But uh, <laughs> we'll crack on regardless. You're doing well to be here. And uh, as far as I'm concerned or as far as I'm aware, you're not the only one in that particular boat. I feel like folk, folk are falling like flies all around me with it, so... Uh, it's not just the Celtic First team, it's the Axom team, it's all the podcasts that are dropping down at the minute. But I'm here, I'm going to try and put a Kyogo performance in. Not decided whether it's going to be a cup final or a 20 minutes against St Johnston performance. We'll see how this one goes. Oh, well, I'm sure I'm sure folk in the comments will tell us exactly what it's like. But uh, before we get started, I'm quite interested in your T-shirt. We were talking about it before we went on air. Uh, so what range is that from exactly? So this is the new um, Team Geist or Team Geist um, range that uh, Adidas have just released. They've released it. I think it's across like twelve or fourteen different teams across Europe. Um, and what it is is it's a throwback to the range that was out for the two thousand and six uh, World Cup. So um, if you go back to the two thousand and six Celtic famous kits, I think it was the first time we brought back the bumblebee, and that's what the inspiration is for this. Um, and I've got to say it's. It is, I mean, I'm feeling old now to think that 2006 is a nostalgia kit, um, considering I, I still feel as if it was only 2006, about five years ago, but it's good to be there, um, and if you take the price out of it, then it's a great range. If you're um, if you're not <laughs> wanting to spend the pennies after Christmas, then I'd probably give this one a pie. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a lot dearer than I thought it was going to be, but it's, it's comfy, it's definitely... An era of football that I remember very well, and in fact, thinking about it as an era, I think we're going to discuss in a couple of minutes' time. It is indeed. It is indeed. It's one of the. It sounds like one of the ones you have to save up your Christmas money from your aunties and uncles and a bit extra. So and the paper round and the milk round and everything else. Exactly, exactly. But when has that not not been the case? 
still yeah, a mug and still true. buy all of it so uh, but uh, before we get into we've got a, a little bit of a fun well I say fun we'll see how it goes but we've got a little bit of a, a, a plan for today where we're going to do a little bit of a scorecard session and try and rate some of the main squad players for, for the season that they've had so far um, obviously some will have good marks some will have bad marks we'll just wait and find out but before we do that as I'm sure everybody in the chat knows it's now 14 years since we lost uh, Phil O'Donnell at the untimely age of 35 years old while he was playing for for Motherwell uh, he was captain he was known as Uncle Phil there but obviously he's got a strong Celtic connection having been a young player for us uh, having signed from Motherwell uh, left us to went on to to Sheffield Wednesday with with co-Celtic player uh, Simon Donnelly but it was a big day that day back in uh, 14 years ago um before I talk about my memories of it, Colin, what, what are your memories of, of that day and the aftermath and, and how how Scottish football reacted to, to the news that Phil O'Donnell had, first of all, that he'd taken unwell and then the, the later news that he, he had unfortunately passed away? Yeah, I remember being at the Celtic game that day. Celtic played Gretna at Celtic Park that day, um, a 3 0 win for the, the team. Um, and all the talk before the game was about Bobo Baldi because he'd only just came back into the side on Boxing Day after being out for about, I think it was about 18 months or so that he hadn't played for Celtic with the, the whole contract situation that was going on. Um, and he came in, had an absolute blinder in Boxing Day at uh, Tanadice. Uh, we kept our first clean sheet away from home for 15 months, I think it was. Kept his place for the game against Gretna. Um and the performance that day was, was superb. It was a great side who you were already seeing the sort of beginning of the end of them. Some of the star players were talking about moves in the January window. Um, but Celtic that day played really well. Goals from uh, McDonald. Can't remember who got the, the second, but the man of the match was Aidan McGeady. And just as he was announced as man of the match, he put one into the top bag via deflection. So it was one of those games you kind of left the ground. Nobody had really known what had happened over at Fur Park. Um, you just heard that Phil had been taken off injured as such at the time. Um, and I remember walking back to the bus park. Um, for those that remember back then, the bus park, you had to go down the big set of stairs. Um, I hope that's somebody not coming after one of us, Laura. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> Some, somebody out, out to get us, I think, but that's what you get. I've moved back to Glasgow recently and that's what you're going to hear, so... <laughs> uh, it's normally the same here in Greenock, to be fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you went to the old bus park you had to walk down the big set of stairs uh, into the kind of wide open field where the bus park was and getting back on the bus you're listening to the super scoreboard and I remember the likes of Hugh Keevans and Derek Johnson and um, they're all talking about how it was a serious incident and they didn't really have time to comment on it um, and as the show went off air it was still unknown what had happened uh, and just as the, the show went off and it went to the news and it was the breaking news story that Phil O'Donnell had sadly passed away and you could tell there was just a sombre mood across everybody that had been at the game today that it didn't matter what had happened on the park, it didn't matter Celtic had picked up the three points, it didn't matter they were top of the table, we'd lost one of our own and at such a young age and such a young family, it was just the thoughts went out to, to everybody that was involved that day and I know of some fans that went to that game that haven't been back to the football since because of it and it's completely understandable. Um, a, a true gentleman, Phil O'Donnell, and a massive loss to the game. He absolutely is. It's, it's one of those things where I remember um, when it happened, uh, I was uh, still at university at the time and 
um, it was one of those things that, you know, you, as time goes by and as time passes on, you start to create a, a story in your mind of how the events went. But in actual fact, like you say, the events were a lot more confused and a lot less well understood at the time that they were happening. Um, it was back in the day when, you know, Twitter was in its infancy, um, social media in general was in its infancy, so you weren't in a case where there was people live from the games tweeting you and texting you and all that kind of stuff. It was still a bit early for all that kind of thing. And you just were hearing rumours and, you know, I think naively from my point of view, I heard it was serious, but when you hear it serious in a football context, you think broken leg or, yeah. you know, a bad knockout or that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and though those are serious, they are serious, like I say, in a football context, they're not life-threatening issues. Um, but when it became clear that it was a life-threatening issue, the whole the whole story took on a different turn and it uh, it, it's just, I, I remember the, the aftermath of it, just the absolute shock. I can't imagine being a, a Motherwell supporter, to be honest, because from my point of view, I, I'd heard about players dying on the pitch previously. Mark Vivian Foy was, mm -hmm. a, was a, a famous one in 2003. Um, Miklos Feher uh, for Hungary was another famous one, uh, died on the pitch for Benfica, I think he was playing for. But there's a certain detachment to how you take these stories on and how you remember them and how you think about them because, for lack of a better word, they are not players that are closely connected to you. Um, with Phil O'Donnell, it was the first player I remember who I remembered as a player passing away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that was, the, that was the big shock of it. Uh, what what heartened me was the response of Scottish football. You know, I think it was only right that that games were postponed in the aftermath. You know, people people forget that at that time there have been people at Celtic Football Club and at other clubs across Scotland and and in the UK because of his time down south, who would have been close friends with Phil O'Donnell, who would have been, you know, former teammates, current teammates. You know, it, it would not have been right to, to carry on in that instance and play those games. So any any criticism of that that has come since then, I think, is, is born out of spite and nothing more. Um, the, the, and the other sad thing about it is, you know, you, you hear all these fantastic stories about what a nice guy he was, what a stand-up captain he was, uh, and what an excellent player he was. He was an excellent player. He had a, a, a career, unfortunately, blighted by injury, but... Um, but he was a fantastic player. It's just sad in these instances, isn't it, that you know that these people don't get to hear it until it's unfortunately too late. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I know, obviously, you said he was a captain at Motherwell. We had his his nephew uh, David Clarkson, who we were talking about before we came on air. Um, look, it is, it's always the case. I think when you see that kind of outpouring of grief, it's like either certain people knew before it had happened how much they were loved or they don't get the chance to see it um, and I think to an extent maybe Phil did see it because he was so loved he was loved by the Motherwell support he was still loved by the Celtic support he was loved by his family but I don't think he could have quite imagined the impact he would have had on the wider game of football Absolutely, lots of comments coming in from everybody watching on YouTube, Facebook Everywhere that you're watching, uh, Brian O'Neill says, "Rest in peace, Phil. Hail, hail." I don't know if that's the Brian O'Neill. I think I think that Brian O'Neill's got one ill. The the real the not the real Brian O'Neill, but the Brian O'Neill that played for Celtic was uh, was um, was uh, a one ill. So 
um, and lots of other people saying, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that they think they remember seeing Phil O'Donnell on his debut at Fur Hill for Celtic as well. Um, so uh, thanks for that comment as well. It's yeah, it's a sad day. Um, I think we'll we'll move on to hopefully a little bit more of a fun conversation, but I think we'll close out this part with saying, you know, we, we remember players like this and we remember days like this, uh, you know, on the anniversaries and things like that. There, there's these family and close friends who remember them and miss them every day and, and our thoughts are, are most certainly with them. Um, but thanks everybody for watching, wherever you're watching, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, don't forget to subscribe. We've been providing you content throughout this uh, Christmas holiday period and we plan to do even more going into 2022. So subscribe and get the notifications on so you don't miss out on that. Um, Colin, we'll move on to our... This was your idea, right? I'm going to put it out there. Uh, a, a scorecard system. I feel a little bit like David Brent in the office where I've got to keep repeating the same five options to Keith and say, always the same, always the same. But... Um, uh, we're going to kind of rate the players as to whether they've had, you know, a good season, a bad season, a middling season or that kind of thing. So I think the best place to start is we'll start with what is considered to be sort of the main first 11 and we'll start at the back. First and foremost, Joe Hart. I don't know that I really need to ask you this question, but what's what's your opinion on his season so far? So we're going to go on a scale of A plus through to F. Um, wow. And everybody get in, involved in the comment section as well. Let us know what you think. Um, I would say Joe Hart so far this season, considering the sort of backlash that almost came um, from his appointment, considering the, the sort of performances that he had had um, down south previously, I think he's proven quite a lot of people wrong. There's still some bits of his game that could be worked on, um, but he is definitely showing some glimpses of why he was England's number one for such a long period of time. Considering the relatively small transfer fee as well, I would have to give Joe Hart an A. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to outstrip you on that, and here we go. Never did I think I would be saying this, but everybody knows I've been the biggest turncoat in the world on this particular, <laughs> particular option. I didn't want Joe Hart to come to Celtic. I thought, well, everybody knows what I thought. I'm not going to go into that. He has 100% proved me wrong. And more than that, I think he has been the bedrock on which we've built a lot of our success because with Barkas and goal last season, it didn't matter how well you were playing up front. It didn't matter how many goals you were scoring. You were always liable to concede with Joe Hart and goal. I think we we almost expect a clean sheet at this mm -hmm. stage. Yep. And so... I've got to go A plus with him. I've got to. I've got to do it. I think he's. Well, I'll get on to the other players that I think are, you know, up in that level with him. But uh, for me, he's one of the best players at the club at the moment. I've got to say, the comments are sort of agreeing with us here. Uh, Patrick James Simpson, Joe Hart's an A. Robert Arbuckle, he's an A. Daniel F, he's an A minus. Uh, Conal O'Brien coming in saying a B plus. That's a, an interesting one. Uh, Robert Ingram also saying a B. Um, Sean F B plus, yeah, eight out of ten A pluses. I think we're kind of everybody seems to be on the right path here. I, I think he's getting a, a very well received performance um for the first six months of the season. And I I, I know what you're saying. Everybody sort of backtracked. We're saying it wasn't an end signing. He was just brought in because he was available. But I think he's had a fantastic first couple of months of the season. And when you look at it, there's certain performances where. We've picked up the points because of his performances. Even 
I think back to that game away against Livingston where we lost 1-0. If it wasn't for him, it could have been 2-3 or three that day. And even when we're not picking up points, he's still putting in some great performances. Uh, and I think I've given him an A because I think there's still a wee bit more to come from him. Um, so I understand your A+. Plus. I'll stick with an A so far. <laughs> Do you know the one I'm really interested out of those that you, you read out? The, the Bs and all that I'm fine with because that's a, a whole nother grade. So the interesting one's Danielle's A-. minus. If she wants to get back <laughs> in the chat... I want, I want to know what made her go from an A to an A minus. I don't know if it's his haircut or what it is, but you know we'll, we'll find out from her, I'm sure. Also, is there a difference between A minus and B plus? I don't know. I don't I only, know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't that concerned about the about. I, I just wanted to pass at school, and that was it. So, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, no, we'll move on. We'll move on to right back, and I think the first one we'll go with is Anthony Ralston. And the first, the reason I want to go with him first is there are people who will grade him based on what they expected and what the outcome was. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think what we should be doing here, and you can tell me if you disagree, is try and grade them on the performance that we think he's had this season. Yeah. With that in mind, I'll go to you and, and see what your what your grade is. Right, so I have to hold my hands up. I absolutely slaughtered Anthony Elston <laughs> at the start of the season. Um, I was 100% wrong, and I have actually personally tweeted him asking for an apology. So um, he's, he's not blocked me, so I'm guessing he's still listening in. Um, his performances have been far better than what anybody could have expected this season and you're right there is a difference between how good his performances actually have been and how much we are surprised at how good his performances have been so I see a lot of people coming in here saying A plus, double A, A squared A, A cube <laughs> um, I think for me he's, he's been a B plus this season um, because there is still some things I'd like him to improve in his game um, so I don't know if that f- falls as an A- minus or a B+, plus. we'll get into that <laughs> later on but there is certain things I think he's got to maybe try and work on stopping the crosses from getting over his crosses over the last couple of weeks um, from himself has been very very good um, and I think his positioning at times can be worked upon but I mean considering if he'd asked us this question last year we'd have given him a U um, never mind an, an A to, to F He's been uh, definitely the the most improved player this season, and if we were given an award out for that, that's exactly what he'd get. Absolutely, I I have to agree. I think I would go with a B plus as well, to be honest, only because 
although I said what I said about, you know, it's got to be based on his performances, you can't help but have your opinion of what he's done coloured by the, the complete turnaround. We're talking about a player who couldn't get into the St Johnston squad last season, you know, and uh, uh, my goodness, he'd be too good for the St Johnston squad this season based on based on performances of both. Um, but yeah, he's just been absolutely fantastic. And I think it's it's like what we what Tommy Burns used to say about, you know, that being a supporter that just got lucky. I think even more than Kieran Tierney for me, Kieran Tierney, I, right, before I, before I do this, I want to clarify my comment. I am in no way saying Anthony Ralston is anything like Kieran Tierney, but Kieran Tierney for me wore, the, wore his heart in his sleeve and was a club supporter and, and you know left a legend because of what he achieved and had undoubtedly world-class talent that we're now seeing at Arsenal. Anthony Ralston, for me, more embodies what Tommy Burns was talking about, the supporter mm-hmm. that got lucky, because there are so many people on the stands who see themselves in him. You know, it's almost harder to identify with Kieran Tierney because his talent was so, you know, out of this world. Whereas Ralston is like one of the ones where he tries his best. Ralston, <laughs> Tierney, oh my goodness. It's better than Tony Ralvez, I'll give it that. Um, but he's he's just you know epitomises what it is to make the most of your talent, to work hard, to to make what you can of the opportunities you're given, and I think he's been absolutely fantastic. With that in mind, we'll move on to his fellow right back, sometimes left back, sometimes right forward, sometimes wherever he fits on the pitch. Josip Juranovic, uh, what have you made of him this season? Uh, I like his composure on the ball. Um, I think there's always this transition period for players when they come from a different league to try and settle into Scottish football. And at first it looked as if Juranovic was just a natural fit. Um, he came in, he was... Um, he, I mean, he came in at left-back and he put in an outstanding performance in his first game. He was then sort of shifted between left and right-back, depending on who was fit, who was injured. Um <sighs> I still think there's more to come out of Juranovic. I think the last couple of games have been very impressive. Uh, and I'd have to say, in terms of overall performance, I would be probably on a par with Anthony Ralston. I'd say probably a B plus. I, I, I'll go with that. I think, I, for me, he's probably a little bit closer to the, this whole B plus, A minus thing. He's maybe a bit closer to an A minus for me just because of the feeling that he gives me when he's in the team of... I don't ever doubt him. I don't ever feel nervous that he's yeah. there. Um, I, I think the team is stronger for having him in it. I think the reason it goes down to a B plus uh, in the same grade as you've got is there's just that little bit missing from him that I just think he just needs to get settled in the team a bit more in the position that he normally plays. He's been asked to do all sorts this season because of injuries and things. And I think that's played a part, but... Um, but he has been fantastic for us. I, I agree. I go with a B plus. What, what are the what are the viewers saying? A lot of B pluses coming in there. Um, Daniel F coming in to see a few stray pluses, but some great penalties. I mean, you can't deny he's definitely a number one penalty taker. On that, do you think he is potentially someone who could take free kicks as well? We've saw a couple so far, but I mean, even with David Turnbull being now injured, and when he has been playing, I don't think we've had that number one set piece taker that can cause teams issues this season. That's something I'd like to see improved in the second half of the season. Yeah, I definitely think so. Did they not come quite close and was it the cup final? Um he hit a free kick. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And it was probably about the closest we've come to scoring a free kick all season. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's definitely up there for that. Um, and he certainly can hit corners as well. Yeah, definitely. Pat Oljanovic is the Mr. Nasty we need. You have seen that. Sometimes he's just brought down the player, committed that cynical foul that's that's needed to be done. Um, a lot of B-pluses. Darren Campbell saying, A for me, best crosser at the club. Um, it kind of backs up what you were saying there about his, his set pieces. Um, but yeah, I think this one kind of sums it up. Raymond Eddy saying, he's a B-plus room for improvement, but better than Ralston in terms of quality, I think. That is the case. I think Ralston has certainly been performing um, a lot better than what he has expected. If you're doing it purely on effort and determination, Ralston would be an A++ this season. Um, but when you look at it, I think if you're looking at an overall quality of player, Ralston, um, sorry, Juranovic is probably the better player. I think, yeah, I think that's undoubted. I think uh, what is amazing to me is that we would even be having this discussion and having to clarify that given the, the time that Ralston had this time last year. But it's it's good to know we've got two strong options at right back anyway. With that said, we'll move on to the centre-backs. And I think we'll take this initially as a pair, uh, just because I'm conscious of time and wanting to get through the whole team if we can. But uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Carol Starfelt they are probably what you would consider to be the first choice centre backs if all players were fit, if the team was completely uh, completely working. That's obviously leaving aside Julian, who unfortunately we don't know when he'll be back. But we'll go with CCD and Starfield. What have you made of them so far this season? I- I'm imagining their grades might be slightly different. Yeah, I, th- I think I would give Cameron Carter Vickers gets. I think he gets an A for me. Um, Agreed. Agreed. I think his positioning is absolutely outstanding. Um, You see it at times where he's not got the pace, but he gets himself into the right positions and tactically he's very astute and he reads the game extremely well. Um, Then we're looking at Carl Starfelt and this is difficult because I think a lot of people wrote Carl Starfelt off after sort of the first, I don't know, half dozen to a dozen games um, and there is still a lot of improvement that needs to come from Carl Starfelt however on his day he can be very good there has been performances like um, the game that um, Cameron Carter-Vickers had to step out for the, the Hearts game at home when we won 1-0 Starfelt got man of the match that day and was outstanding um, there's been other performances that he's um, shown what he can do I think he does need that common influence of Cameron Carter-Vickers alongside him uh, to sort of help him out but overall I would say Cameron Carter-Vickers I would give an A Cal Starfelt probably a B- minus. See to be honest I think that's fair um, it's interesting Cameron Carter-Vickers I don't think there's any question he's, he's probably up there with Joe Hart and a couple other players that we'll get to as kind of first names on the team sheet t- players who we build the team around and who you know never fail to to do the job that they're brought in to do and I think that's that's vital in any team. Carol Starfelt, I actually feel a bit sorry for him because I think he was starting to find his feet just before he got his injury. Yeah. Um and was certainly, you know, even playing better in that stage than he was uh, after he came back from the injury. So I think he's maybe dealing with a little bit of um what's the word? kind of reluctance to push himself too much after the injury and and maybe lost a little bit of that confidence that he'd built up before. But I think what's clear from what we saw from him before the injury is that he is a player 
He can certainly play the game. He can certainly defend. I don't think anybody's been in any doubt of that. Um, and I think he probably just needs to get a consistent run in the team, a little bit like Juranovic. I think he'll come good when he's settled a little bit more because you're still talking about you know a relatively early period of time for somebody who's moved from you know a Swedish guy who's moved from Russia to Scotland. I mean that. Yeah. You don't get many more different kind of cultures than that, so um, so I think he'll I think he'll do fine. But I think the same as you, I think a, a, a B or a B minus for me, uh, just so we see a little bit more. The reason I would go B minus is because I wouldn't I wouldn't mark him the same as uh, I wouldn't mark him the same as Juranovic by any stretch. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's an interesting one. Some Left good back coming in here just before. Oh, we sorry, yeah, on you go. What's the comment? Robert Arbuckle, CCV is as cool as a frozen jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the best description I've seen so far. Um, Raymond Eddy coming in CCV a B plus, but Starfelt a C minus because of a few of his bad performances. That's wow. what I'm I think I think a lot of people judge him on his sort of early form, but he has certainly improved. Um, whereas you look at the likes of uh, I'm trying to see what we've got here. Frank Brennan, Juranovic an A, CCV a B plus, border non an A. As for Starfield, I'm abstaining. It's, oh, wow. It's an interesting one. He, he does split the, the Celtic uh, fan base at the minute. Um, and I, I guess the question, I know you're going to move on to the left-back there, but Welsh has probably played almost as many games as Starfield. Would you give True. him a higher rating than Starfield so far this season? I probably would, only because I think he... Um, again, the same as Juranovic, the same as um, Carter Vickers, the same as Hart. I'm never particularly concerned when Welsh is named in the team. I'm never, I'm never thinking, oh, he's going to be a weak spot. So I would say certainly much room for improvement for him. But I would probably go as far as to say a B plus for for Stephen Welsh for what I've seen from him this season. Yeah, I would be kind of bordering around that sort of B B plus. Um, I'd probably go with a B. Um, I think there's still. A, a player to come out of Stephen Welsh. I, I do think he has a mistake in him as well. Maybe I'm sort of being biased thinking back to the game against um, West Ham in the, the pre-season where I saw um, the players just running by him for fun and then you look at it, uh, the game against Livingston where he sort of came across and cost us that. But there is definitely that sort of... Um, I'm trying to think. It's like there's a composure from Stephen Welsh. He doesn't. He isn't someone who looks scared to be there. Uh, and considering the performances that he's made to move from being basically the right back at Greenock Morton to being a centre half for Celtic, especially in Europe, and I think he's definitely one. When you look at the youngsters that came through last year, um, him Montgomery and a couple of others, he's the one for me that could have the the long term stay at Celtic. Maybe not as the number one or the number two centre-half, but definitely someone who you say, do you know what, Cameron Carter-Vickers is out injured, I have no issue in playing Stephen Welsh in that position. Yeah, I think uh, I think the jury's still out on, on some of the younger ones who broke through, Montgomery especially, he's, he's been around the first team and he's been good in spells, but certainly hasn't nailed out, down any kind of a position, whereas Welsh is now seen as a kind of viable alternative option for, for the manager, which is you know speaks volumes of his ability and his work rate as well. So, yeah, I, I think he's done well. I think he's got a long career ahead at the club. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it because I think he's been great. Um, looking at left-backs, 
How long have uh, we got? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm actually sitting here thinking, who do I even talk about here? Because you could talk about scales, you could talk about Taylor. Juranovic, we've already gone over, but he's made a few appearances at left back. Um, we'll start with Greg Taylor. Obviously, that shoulder injury, I think it was back in you know September, maybe, that he, he went out with a shoulder injury. Um, injuries aside, what kind of... What kind of performances do you think he's put in under Ange? I don't, I don't feel as if I've seen enough of Greg Taylor. And mm. some people will say that's a good thing. Some people will say that's a bad thing. Um, I think before Greg Taylor picked his injury up, he was starting to understand the inverted fullback situation. Yeah. Um, and when I look at it, I'm just thinking it's very difficult to grade him over a certain level because there's only been so many games that he's played this season. Um, and I feel as if you've not seen anything to suggest that he's um, above average or below average this year. Um, so I'm just going to go smack bang in the middle. I'm going to give him a C um, and I'll be interested to see what the second half of the season has for him. I I wouldn't disagree with that. I think C is like an average grade and that's all you can really give him. It's like, you know, he's not been bad. He's not, but he's, we've not seen enough of him to, to class him as being good. So, it's a short conversation as far as he's concerned, but that's all you can really say about him. Um, is there anything in the comments from anybody about, about Taylor? Um, Craigie Craigie White comes in to say Greg Taylor's not Celtic classic. It's a C for an effort and he's an honest player. I, 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 I don't... I, I can argue against him being Celtic classic. shown at times that he can uh, be the, the best left back at the club, but um, could we get better in? That's probably the question that comes, comes in there. Um, in terms of Greg Taylor, Kukabara comes in to say he would get a B, Ian Boy Martin, C+. All round about where we'd say that he would be. Um, Robert Arbuckle with an interesting point, though. Taylor, a B-plus, looks better under Durange than what he did under Neil Lennon. I think that could be said for a lot of players this season. I think Yeah, I think you could reel off a, a screed of players for whom that's the case, and it's not really surprising. Um, with that said, we'll move on to uh, Liam Scales. Perhaps a bit unfair to include him in this, again, because we've not seen an awful lot of him. I've liked what I have seen, and to take the pressure off you a little bit, I'm going to put my grade out there first. <laughs> I'm going to say, based on the fact that we've probably seen as much of him as we have of Taylor, but I've liked what Scales has done better, I'm going to go C-plus for him. So slightly above, um, just because I think he's... Potentially a better footballer all round. I, I don't know about defender, but I think he's certainly, you know, for for a player that I thought and hadn't signed or hadn't selected, he certainly seems to fit his style of play. Definitely, and it gets to the point where I've got to start asking producer Paul if he can stop getting Laura to copy my homework because that's exactly what I'd put down as well. Is <laughs> um, a, a C plus. Um, look, the reason I think he's the better fit out of the two at left back is because when I've saw Scales play, he is very, very comfortable in that um, sort of inverted fullback position coming into the middle of the park. And every time he gets the ball, he's always thinking two passes ahead. He's mm-hmm. thinking where the pass is going to be and can he get back onto the end of it. And you saw that with his goal at Tanadice um, and his performances when he's came in so far. You see, obviously, he's had that... Um, that time of being a centre-half and it sort of suits him to play the inverted full-back role. Again, someone who's only 23, he's got a bit to go with him. Um, 
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Excuse me. Overall, if I had to pick one of them to start in the next game, I would probably go William Scales at the minute. I think I think I would probably uh, I'd probably go with that as well. I think he's I think he's surprised a lot of people, myself included. I wasn't sure what to expect of him. I didn't really know an awful lot about him, as I'm sure a lot of people did didn't, but from friends who watch League of Ireland and from friends who, who watch um who watch a lot of that, that part of the world's football, you know, they were convinced we were signing a player and uh, and I think it's slowly proven to be the case. Uh, but it's it's an interesting one. Um it's it's just a strange one with the left backs, but um because, you know, we haven't had a nailed on uh left back, but uh, it's it's strange because uh, I think he I think he could be great, but it's just you know it's just about getting a consistent run in the team again. I sound like a broken exactly. record, but but that's that's it. But that's that's the thing with Celtic this season. The amount of players that you're going to struggle to give a rating for because we haven't seen enough of them because of the injury concerns. I mean, you take a look at the game the other day. There was 18 players as part of our first team squad that were unavailable through. Covid through injury through um, other things like that, so that's eighteen players realistically that is very difficult to rate. Guys like James McCarthy, who we'll go on to at the minute, he's only played about a dozen games, and um, I'd say in terms of his performances, has been okay. But it's very difficult to rate him because it's not as if he's played twelve ninety minutes. It's maybe been a thousand minutes over those twelve games, or not even a thousand minutes, five hundred minutes over those twelve games. It's it's kind of difficult. Yeah, it's a strange one. Um- with with uh, James McCarthy in mind, I think we're going to move on to him just now because, well, for want of a better phrase, I don't want to spend too much time talking about McCarthy's performances for fear of being too harsh on him, you know. But uh, I'll, I'll let you go first with him. What What is your... Uh, first of all, I'd like to know what your thoughts were when we signed him. Did you think he was a worthwhile signing and has he gone on to prove to be the case for you? I thought he was a, a good squad player to have in the team, um, especially if you could get him fit. And I think that's still been the case. I don't think we've seen the full potential of what McCarthy can offer to the team because he has been, um, he's been injured at times. He's been um, out of the team for one reason or another. But some of the performances when he comes into the team, he can play that sort of pass that the only other player in the team that I've saw been able to do that so far is Tom Rogic. You look at some of the assists that he's put in already this season and I'm thinking, that's that's outstanding, but does he do enough of it? I've not seen it yet from him. Um, and I, I just, it's the four-year contract for me. Mm. Knowing how much that he's, he's, um, he's had his injury issues before, the fact that even when he hasn't been injured, he hasn't really got into the team down at Palace and now coming up here, it was almost a sort of, 
hush hush about his fitness level when he came up. You were asking Ange, and he was saying, "Oh, he'll be in and around, or he's fit, and then still wouldn't make the bench." It's, it's difficult. Um, McCarthy. I'm going to give him a C minus. I'm going to be honest. It was I, on a D. Well, I was I was going to say I think you're being generous there because I, I, I the only thing saving me from giving him an F is the couple of assists that he's made that are mm. passes that, like you say, couldn't be done without uh, without a player of his quality on the ball. So with that in mind, I've got to go. I've got to go D minus. Like I think he. I think I was shocked when we signed him because I felt a little bit like I, I didn't even particularly like what he said in the press conference when he said about the the move being on the cards for years and this mm-hmm. that and the next thing and I, I, I kind of thought to myself well why are you making the move now the only reason can be is because it suits you now perhaps because you're not in anybody's plans down south or, or, or that kind of thing I think he's proved since he's come up why he's not in anybody's plans in the Premier League. He looks so off the pace, it's unreal. Um, his fitness issues are, are, are a problem. I know he had COVID earlier in the season, but you know plenty of players did. And um, yeah, I, I, the four-year contract, like you say, just absolutely baffles me. I think that's like throwing money out the window, to be honest, for a guy who's 30 years old already. And yep. You know, even a two-year contract, you could have said, well, you know, give him a season to bed in and a season to, to do something of worth for us. But a four-year contract, I mean, if this is James McCarthy at 30 years old, I don't know what he's going to be like ending 32 or 33 years old. Like, it's, I can't imagine him. Basically, I think his returns will diminish throughout the course of his contract, and, and that's mm-hmm. what, what concerns me, but... Maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh and a little bit too crabby. I'm not sure because, as I said, we've not seen a lot of him. I know he came in without a pre-season because he was sort of let go from Palace, kind of thrown in at a deep end, picked up injuries, picked up COVID, as you said. Now he's got this three-week window with the teams being off. Um, they're not going away. They're not going to Dubai like they did last year. They're staying in Scotland. Um, they're going to take sort of two, three weeks under hands to actually not have to prepare for the next game to actually work on the kind of style of football that Ange wants to play and to get people up to speed so if he's available I think this three week break will help him massively if he doesn't play from now to June sort of 15-20 games and you don't see much out of him I think he is someone as you say it's just going to be a case of that was just a complete wasted signing Um, but this is a big chance for him and You'd like to think that considering how much the club means to him, he'll get the best out of him for the second half of the season. It's an interesting one. I'm just scrolling the comments as you're talking there and there, there, are, there do seem to be people who still have faith in him. Conal O'Brien says uh, he thinks he'll be better next season. Um, uh, food, well, I'm not going to read that name out actually because I just realised what it was. But it says McCarthy is a C, will hopefully do better. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a strange one. Um, our very own Lawrence Connolly says four-year contract is uh, based on him being a free signing. It may well be, uh, but you know, I, I don't know that that's a financially good way to work. That just because you don't have to spend the money on the transfer fee, you plow it all into the player's pocket, but. You know, I think before I get myself in any bother, we'll move on from James McCarthy <laughs> uh, to to 
flipped the tables completely. Conor, uh, Conor McGregor, I nearly said. Callum McGregor. <laughs> Conor McGregor, I don't know what kind of a performance he would put in for Celtic, but Callum McGregor. I mean, do we even need to talk about what grade he's going to get? What do you think? No, uh, the one thing I will say is, though, as much as we talk about people eating their words um, when it comes to um, Anthony Ralston last season, I think a lot of people are eating humble pie when it comes to Callum McGregor as well. I think mm. he was one who was um, getting a lot of stick, and I don't actually blame people for it because we were a poor side last season. However, we were all watching the games from home, and you don't understand the role that Callum McGregor plays in that Celtic team until you watch him in the flesh. Because he's one who is very few that's out there that picks the ball up, plays the ball, and then is always looking for the ball again. He's the one that's looking to build the plane, piece it all together. And when he's not, when you don't see that on the TV, you're thinking, where is he? He's not making these moves. He's not the Callum McGregor of three, four years ago who would be on the edge of the box trying to stick one in the back of the net like he did against Rangers at Hamden. He's the one who is the absolute dictator in that midfield and when you're watching the games now you're going that is what he brings to the team you see it when he's not in the team because there's no one else there that can do that um that all being said a plus even plus plus he's the he's the star man for celtic in that midfield um so yeah a plus I would 100% agree. I was having a conversation with my brother the other night where we, we kind of came to the conclusion that we actually think uh, Callum McGregor might be the player without whom our style changes the most. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's, the, he's the... It's an overused phrase, but he really is the engine of the team. And that's whether he's playing further forward or further back or, or, or pure central midfield. He really is the player without whom we lack an awful lot of drive. Um, obviously, we did we did fine the other night without him. Um, I think that was more down to the poor quality of the opposition than it was to do with his absence. Yep. Um, but, you know, the other thing to say is the, the humble pie that people are eating, I don't think is just down to his playing style and the importance of his playing. Is I think there's a lot of people thought he wasn't captain material. Uh, didn't... Didn't... You know, have because he doesn't have the the personality of Scott Brown or the boisterousness of Scott Brown. Certainly not to the outside world. Anyway, I don't know what he's like in a dressing room. But the minute that I saw him do that on the field team talk after we had a great win, I can't remember what game it is. Your mm-hmm. memory's a bit yeah, better. Yeah, in the season, I think it was the yeah. Dundee game. Yeah, Dundee game, and we we hammered them six 0 and he kind of was like, "This is what it's about. This is what we've to do." You really thought, no, we've got a captain in our hands here. Might not do things the same way as the previous captain, but it doesn't mean it's any less effective. So I'm going to go A++ for him. He's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I love him, as does as does one of my nieces. I probably shouldn't say that in public. She's a, <laughs> she's put, put it this way, she's this generation, he's this generation Simon Donnelly for my niece, I think. is probably what it is. <laughs> do you know, uh, we were speaking about this on the state of Scottish football because... We had a team of the season over there and you could only pick um, three players from each team to, to make it fair. Um, and out of the 14 contributors, all 14 picked Callum McGregor. And mm. I think that the fact that not only Celtic fans, but teams from all over Scotland are appreciating how much he brings to not only the, the Scottish national team, but to the Celtic team as well. 
Um, there's very few players that can be so polarising like that. And I think Callum McGregor is definitely one who stepped up into this role. And for me, I'm hoping now that with his extended contract, he's a, a Celtic player for life. I really uh, wouldn't surprise me if he will be because I think, especially around the Brendan Rodgers era, if he was going to leave, he would have done around that time. He was so good. Um, so, but hopefully we can hold on to him and he can really, you know, it's a rarity to have a one man uh, to, for for a player to to be a one man or a one club man, I should say. Uh, but hopefully he is. Moving on to other midfielders, um, near Beaton, who we can officially call a midfielder again, I think. Um, a pleasant surprise this season for me, I would say, uh, you know, Champions League qualifier aside. <laughs> yeah, I think Beaton's finally getting the chance to show what he can do in the position that he should have been playing for a, a number of years now. It's great he's got that versatility that he can step in at centre-back, but it doesn't suit his style of football, it doesn't suit his game. He's not the most physical player. Um, what he is good is he's good with the ball at his feet. Sometimes people will say that he does slow the game down, um, mm. and I can see that, to, especially when you compare him to maybe Cal McGregor in the middle of the park. McGregor's very quick with his feet. He's very quick to get the ball up and going. Um, but what I can say about Beaton is he's certainly someone whose confidence has grown over the last number of weeks and months. Uh, you take a look at the um, the run that he had the other day against, uh, was it Ross County, where he basically carried the ball 40, 50 yards yeah. uh, in the final as well. And he's captained the side a couple of times as well to show how much he, he is an important squad player too, Ange Postacoglu. Um, and I love his demeanour afterwards. He's like, that's ah, two and two. I, I'm get, This is an easy job. Callum isn't getting the armband back. He's, he's very good at just sort of being that elder statesman in the squad. Um, it is quite interesting to think he's coming up for 10 years as a Celtic player very soon. Um, a number of people would have probably written him off a season or two ago. But now if he keeps this form up, then he'll probably have earned his testimonial when it comes round. Um, in terms of performances this season... I would give him a, a B plus. Yeah, I mean, I think I would slight, I would be slightly less generous there. I would probably go a B with him, but I do agree with everything that you said. I think he's certainly come into his own since he's come back into the back into his favoured position. I think he, uh, you know, his shortcomings in his game were far too easily exposed exposed in defence, but. So would a lot of players be if they were asked to play there when it wasn't their natural position. And, you know, we, we did get a bit of criticism um, uh, from other podcasts, from other, you know, commenters and things like that, keeping on talking about the fact he was playing out of position because, you know, the the opinion of some was that if you play somebody often enough in a certain position, it naturally becomes their position. I really don't think that that's the case. You're talking about a guy who went from training his entire career to play in the central midfield role. That was how he was coached. That was how he made it as a footballer. That was how he made it as a professional footballer. That's how he earned his move to Celtic. So to then turn around and say, well, he's now a defender because we've played him for a season and a bit in defence is, you know, not a valid argument for me. But yeah, I would go with a B for him. I think he's been great. Um, the next one to move on to as far as midfield's concerned, David Turnbull. I didn't really want to talk about him, to be honest, because, you know, I do have a very positive opinion of him. Uh, it's not been a fantastic season for him, and so I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit on this one and give my grade first. I'm going to say probably a B-, just because... Okay. 
Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Too many games he posts missing. When he's good, he's really, really good. But too many games, he's just kind of out of it and not really part of the process. And that might be the style of play. It might be the opposition we're playing. But I think he needs to be more impactful on a more consistent basis. There was something that kind of came to me the other week when I was thinking about David Turnbull. And about this time last year, we were sitting going, he can't last any more than 60 minutes. He's always getting hooked off after 60 minutes. Mm. And now you're seeing David Turnbull has had to play 90 minutes week in week out because we've been so short in that midfield there's been no one else that we can turn to and he's picked up the injury because of it Um, he's going to be out now for a couple of months that might not necessarily be the worst thing for him because I think everybody would have said he needed a bit of time out Um, Mm -hmm. as you say at times he can play very well Um, (coughs) pardon me sorry when I look at it the the game against Tanner uh, again Dundee United at Tanadice is one of those ones that you're thinking this is the best and worst of David Turnbull. The worst being the absolute sitter that he missed when the ball got put across. The best being his exquisite sort of lob over the goalkeeper and tap in at the back post. I still think Turnbull can go missing in some of our bigger games. Um, And there is still a lot to come from him. I think this rest is going to do him the world of good. I do think this this time out will do him the world of good. You've given him a, a B minus. I'll be slightly mm-hmm. more generous considering his, his goals and his uh, assists so far this season. I'll give him a B. There's a lot of people agreeing with you in the chat. D Boyle says he's, he's a, a, a B and has given us a Agreed on Tom Rogic, who we'll move on to next. Kieran, eighteen eighty eight, says Turnbull has uh, gets a B. He's the potential, but needs to apply himself more often. So, um, lots of people around that B, B minus, but more settling on B for Turnbull, I think, which is great to see because I think he uh, did go often underappreciated at times, and I think people are appreciating what he's doing, but he needs to give a little bit more. Uh, moving on to the big Aussie in the middle of the park. Tom Rogic, who not only appears to be enjoying his football an awful lot, you know, having a laugh here and there with everybody. <laughs> I don't think it's too hyperbolic to say he's having his best season in a Celtic shirt so far as an individual. He might have had more successful seasons in terms of silverware. He might have played more games. He might have done a lot of things. But I think as an individual and certainly he's, he's sort of... Uh, what do you call it, like his stock among Celtic supporters is higher than it's been ever really uh, what he, do you make of that? He's so influential in this team that when he's not playing then you notice the big difference um, I mean even when I look back at the, the performance up at Dingwall he was on the park for 15 minutes and it turned the game around mm-hmm. he was the one that set up the winning goal, he's been capable of doing that <coughs> Sorry for a number of months now at Celtic, he was someone who knew the assignment when Ange Postecoglou was linked to the club. He knew what he had to do to be part of it. Um, 
There's an interesting point here from Daniel Duffy, which is, sorry, isn't quite true. Rogic's not out of contract this summer. He's out of contract next summer. And for me, I said this on the, the podcast last week, on my Santa list is to get Tom Rogic a new contract because <laughs> I would give him another couple of years at Celtic. He's, he's the one that Ange Postacoglu turns to and he's not had the best season in terms of goals and assists, but he has had that magic and you've seen it in spells and considering the, the sort of couple of seasons that we'd saw from Tom Rogic beforehand where, we, again, he was someone who couldn't last 60 minutes. He's now lasting the 90. He's now putting it in there. I think you'll see an even better Tom Rogic in the second half of this season. Um, so in terms of that, I'll give him an A and I think by the end of this season, he could be an A+. Plus. I'll give him an A as well, but I think that's subject to, to review. If he puts in good work, he'll get an even better grade at the end of the season, for certain. Um, we'll move on to the main front three. Uh, I think everybody is in agreement that the main front three that we would be talking about at this point in time would be Jota, Kyogo and Abada. Uh, Jota first. Obviously, an injury of which we don't know the severity quite yet. I'm hearing things that suggest it's maybe a little bit more serious than it was first appeared to be, which would be a shame if that was the case, because I think, uh, you know, even as a lone player, people were talking about wanting to see him have a future at the club. Um, I would give him an A straight away, because mm-hmm. I, think, I think he does two things. He gets people off their seats in an exciting way, in a kind of De Cano type way, but he's also got that end product, his game. Um, too often you get players who, you know, were very exciting, very skillful players for Celtic who never really got to the point where their, their end product was of any great consequence. I think with Jota, he proves that he makes the team better when he's in it. He scores goals, he creates more often than not, he's, he's mostly an assist man, but certainly does both and I just think he's one of those players that he's, he's Celtic at heart in terms of his style of play isn't he he's just so entertaining Yeah when you talk about the Celtic way that's that's what Jota brings he's the first person since Paddy Roberts who's actually got people up off their seats anytime he gets on the ball because you just don't know what's going to happen next mm-hmm. um, um, Jota gets a G for me for George Michael um, because he's been the best at impersonating him all season. Um, but no, in terms of being on the park, he's he is. At first, I was I wasn't sure whether he was best positioned on the right side or the left side. On the left side, I feel as if he's always cutting in, but he's very similar to Scott Sinclair in that instance, where you know what he's going to do, but the defenders just don't know how to cope with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he's played on the right hand side which should be his natural side he's looked just every bit as comfortable yeah. um, so there hasn't been any sort of period where Jota's played where I'm going, do you know what he's just he's just been average he's always been good or very good well, mm-hmm. I think Jim Orr's always spoke about this you want a Celtic player to be a 7 out of 10 every week and I don't think any of Jota's performances have ever dropped under a 7 um, and for that, I think you've got to give him an, an A plus so far this season. Absolutely, I think that's. I think I totally agree with that. 
running short on time. We might not even get to the strap line, which we were going to talk about Dubai and Age of Angel and all sorts of stuff, but I've been having too much fun doing this particular conversation. Um, before we move on to the main man, Kyogo, we'll go with Abada because I don't want to end on too negative a note. Came into the club, looked really exciting, scored a hat full of goals, has possibly lost a bit of self-confidence along the way. Um, I don't know if it's because he's been dropped out of the team or... or or that loss of confidence has made him be dropped out of the team. It's kind of a chicken and an egg situation. For me, I would say, based if you'd asked me at the start of the season, I'd have said a B plus. Uh, at this point in time, I would probably say probably a B minus, virgin on a virgin on a C even at this point. I just think right. he's dropped away massively and spends far too much of his game not impacting the game. Certainly, the last couple of weeks where he's had to play a bit for, more through the middle, he's had more of an impact. But I'm judging him based on his, his performances out wide right, uh, where where he's been at the most, you know, selected the most. What's your opinion on Abada? I, I take it from your reaction, you're a little bit surprised by that grading. I, 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 I'll get to that in a second. David Canavan comes in here saying, can we do this again at the end of the season? It's been a great podcast. We will definitely do this at the end of the season because I've got them all written down and we'll see how far <laughs> wrong we were. Um, no, like, I think in terms of um, Abada, when he's moved back into that central role and we just spoke about Jim Orr there, he's always said that Abada's best position he thought was through the middle. And with Kyogo being out injured, he's the only one who gives that sort of energy, mm-hmm. um, who will chase the ball down. But for me, he's also someone who's a confidence player. That yeah. If he hasn't got into a game within the first 20 minutes, I don't see him getting into a game at all. Um and you look at his, his stats this season, as you say, they started so well between him, Kyogo and Jota. The front three were on fire. I think between the, the three of them, they've scored or assisted 55 goals this season already, which is incredible. He's only 20 years old. He's still adapting to the pace of Scottish football. Uh, I think he's someone who needs to learn that even if things aren't going right for him, as long as he keeps putting in the performance, something will come at the end of the day. I think after 20 minutes, if he doesn't start, he drops off and you don't see him in the game at all, which is a shame because he does have a lot of talent and I'm sure Angel work very hard with him to get the, the most out of him. I was kind of verging on a B- minus to a C until his last couple of games, um, with the St Mirren one probably aside, where I thought he was just very unfortunate not to score. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably put him back into the B range. I'll, I'll give him a B for so far this season. That's fair, I think. That's fair. Um, I think, yeah, the last couple of games, especially those couple of goals that he scored, he's he certainly... I think I think he probably is just a confidence player, like you say, and a young player who just needs a little bit more time. Um, so perhaps, you know, my grade at the end of the season will jump up massively, but we will wait and see. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. And obviously, to finish off the show today, Kyogo, not a better note to finish on, <laughs> really. Uh Kyogo, what's his arrival meant to you as a Celtic supporter? Uh, what I've enjoyed very much about Kyogo is how much he was written off before he even kicked a ball for Celtic. And I'm not talking about from Celtic fans, I'm talking about from pundits, from uh, fans of total, uh, from other teams all over Scotland. He was brought over as this um, five foot ten, nine stone Japanese international who was going to do nothing. And he's proved everybody wrong. Um, Kyogo... Where would we be without him? That's, that is a very good uh, comment coming in there from Chancellor. He has been absolutely outstanding. 
Um, and what you've seen is it's not just the tap-ins because that's where he got his goals at the start of the season when he was getting on the end of the right crosses coming in from the left and the right. He's now shown his quality, his goal away at um, Dundee where he, that move by him and Jota was outstanding. Um, and then the ball, the, the, the kind of goals that he scored in the, the cup final as well, that quality I've not seen from a Celtic forward probably since Larson. And I, I hate comparing him to Larson because he'll not be the same sort of player, but he does have that incredible ability. And the fact that we managed to pick him up is is outstanding. And well done to the coaching staff and to um, the scouting team for picking him up. I'd like to think that when the new Japanese players come in, we'll see an even better Kyogo because they'll have had that time out. I think in total this season, he scored best part of 40 goals for both teams. Mm-hmm. If he can keep that up for the next couple of seasons, what a signing we'll have on our hands. He is the star man. He gets the A++. I would have to agree. I think A++ for, for Kyogo. The, the, one, the one slight criticism I would have of him is I think he could have more goals this season. I think he could have scored could. more chances. Um, but having said that, the old cliche goes, you only miss chances if you're in a position to have them in the first place. And I think that's been the biggest strength of his game. Uh, the, the, the Larson comparison is one I've made, one you've made, one everybody's made. And the thing that is, although that sounds a bit r- ridiculous on the face of it, especially given that Larson was here for seven years and scored the amount of goals that he did, the very fact that people are even mentioning his name in combination just shows you the quality that, that Kyogo's got. Celtic supporters, I've always said, are not stupid when it comes to recognising the quality of a player. We notice the difference between a player who's good enough for us and good enough for Scotland and good enough for what we want. But we also recognise a Van Dyke, a Tierney, yep. a, a Wanyama, a, a Kyogo is, is, is now in that category. Somebody who we feel lucky to have and, and to for, for whatever... Oh, thank you very much, Chancellor. A-plus for Axel. Fantastic. I don't know if that applies to either of the people on the screen or just the the team in general, but we'll take it anyway. Uh, but no, Kyogo is just class, uh, a class apart. He makes the team better. I would encourage anybody, if you if you can get to a game, if you're in a position to be able to get to a game, and I'm not somebody that's able to go to games all the time, but I've been fortunate enough to see Kyogo a couple of times. It makes you appreciate what he does all the more. And I'm, not, a, I'm not an advocate of saying, oh, you have to be at the games and blah, blah, blah. But really, if you're there live, you can do your own version of player cam with your eyes and just watch Kyogo for 10 minutes. Look at the runs he makes. Look at the way he's thinking about the game. I would actually say that he's brought the level of a lot of other players in the team up because he's made runs and things like that that they maybe wouldn't even have thought to make the pass for. But because he's now making the runs, they're recognising it and making those passes. Absolutely, you know, no exaggeration to say he's world class and 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 a, a testament to Ange's judgment of a player. I will never again uh, criticise any player that I know Ange has selected for coming in because I know he knows how to spot them. Yeah, definitely. And if you had to give Ange a rating as well, it would definitely be an A so far. Oh. One, tra- one, one trophy in the bag. Obviously, not quite where you want to be in the league. Made a few mistakes here and there. Bit to improve on. But certainly been a, a, a breath of fresh air since he's took over the club. Absolutely. A cubed, A squared cubed, whatever you want to call it. He's just been 
it's been a bumpy road with him, but I've I've adored him from the minute he set foot in the club and the way he's spoken. It's not even just about the football performances or the on the pitch performances. It's about the way he conducts himself. So Absolutely. often we've not had managers who conduct themselves in that manner, and it's really been fantastic to see. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely unreal. Thank you everybody for watching today. I think this has been a fun one. I think we got uh, I think we got a bit carried away time wise with it, but it was just because we were enjoying ourselves that much. Thank you very much, Colin, for for being a trooper and getting through today. I, I imagine you'll be back in your scratcher not long after this one. I'm I'm, I'm contemplating that right away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everybody for watching. Thanks for all your comments. Thanks especially for that one. Uh, we will do this again at the end of the season because I think it's been worthwhile and it'll be interesting to see what our changes of opinion are. Um, we'll see you again tomorrow for yet another bulletin. Uh, you can always count on us for that. And uh, until then, thank you, Colin. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you soon. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.